Hi there, you're listening to EduPod. I'm Ashley. And I'm Akita. This season, we are treasuring teachers and understanding the many facets of teacher appreciation as we ask ourselves, how can we better value teachers within and beyond the settings of academia? Today, we're speaking with Pirjo Suhohen, who is the founder of ALO Finland, an organization dedicated to bringing excellence and equity into education everywhere. Pirjo is passionate about lifelong learning and how to cultivate curiosity, creativity, and future innovators. During her bachelor's studies in social services, she realized that prevention is key and education is a powerful way to empower individuals and have an impact on society as well as the future. This inspired her to continue studying and pursue a preschool teacher's qualification in 2003 and then later a master's thesis in 2016 on educational technology. Pirjo has worked in Finland, England, France, and Belgium, including the European School of Brussels. These experiences led her to starting ALO Finland and its teacher training courses. Today, we'll be speaking to her about the Finnish education ideals and also how her organization, ALO Finland, supports teachers everywhere. We're so happy to have you on the show today. To begin with, can you tell us about your organization, ALO Finland, uh, what it is and what inspired you to start it? Lovely, lovely to be here. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I created ALO Finland about five years ago. And um, ALO, firstly to say, ALO is Latin and it means um, to educate, feed and nurture. I also quite liked it because when you answer the phone somewhere like in France, where I used to live, they say, allo. So it has got double meanings to me. Also, my dad was a doctor, so... So Latin is a close language to me. And um, why did I create ALO Finland was because um, I used to teach myself in Brussels in the European school. This was a school, a massive school for EU diplomatics and NATO families. And uh, I was the only Finnish teacher there. And all the other teachers kept asking me that what is the secret behind um Finnish educational success when I just had to reply that I honestly don't know because I'm kind of born with it. So um, I wanted to learn a bit more about it myself, that what is it exactly that makes the difference. And I also took some teachers to visit the schools in in Finland with me. And uh, it was one of them, he's now a principal back in Ireland, who said that why there isn't an online opportunity for this, since it's quite expensive to fly all the way to Finland, stay in hotels, eat out. Plus, it's quite difficult to find schools that open their doors for educators anymore, because we've had so many since the first PISA result about 10 years ago. Not that they want the visitors, but if they took them all, they wouldn't be teaching anymore. So um, so this is the reason why I created ALO Finland. It's um, a little bit about the theory, what is the Finnish national curriculum and the latest changes in it, but more so, how does learning and teaching looks like in the classroom? And this is why I used many videos and photos to so that I could be the eyes and ears of any visitor who wants to learn from Finnish, Finnish way of teaching and learning. Thank you so much for talking about that. I think 
I, I love the name Alo Finland. I, I think it's, it's just so perfect and like perfectly encapsulates everything that you're doing. Thank you. One thing that we wanted to ask you though was, so Alo Finland is based on Finnish education ideals. Can you tell us a little bit more about those ideals and what they are? Uh, yes. I mean, they are a different kind of fundamentals and, um, well, if I could start from there, that I quite often hear the hear the argument that Finnish education cannot be replicated elsewhere, which uh, my my response to that response to that that is nonsense because all, the Finnish fundamentals are pretty straightforward and they you can learn from them. And of course, there isn't a copy paste option, but you can still learn from other educations anywhere and uh, benchmarking is the way way to develop any system and um, so back to your question what are the fundamentals i think it's the educational equity that uh, most teachers in finland are even more proud of than uh, scoring at the top of any international tests of course you can take pride in that too, but more important is that the differences between learners as well as schools are the smallest in the world. So it it doesn't matter where you go in, in Finland, whether it's up north in Lapland or Helsinki, the capital area south or west, you don't have to do school shopping because any school is pretty much the same about when it comes to learning outcomes. So uh, we try to try to really support those ones who are struggling with education so that it's it's not just to get good good test results but to really try to provide equal opportunities for all and this doesn't mean that that everyone needs to be good at maths but you need to have some sort of a basic level and basic knowledge of maths and literacy so that you can survive well and succeed in life. But also we have a fairly balanced curriculum. So it's not just about academics, but in um, the secondary, for instance, we have home economics and textile and woodwork. And also we don't have any standardized testing uh, until kids are in... um, in high school and they do their A-levels and then you are 19 years old then. So uh, that makes a big impact on education. Teachers can actually concentrate on teaching rather than prepping and planning and trying to aim for those good test results in academics. Also, we got rid of uh, school inspectors already about 30 years ago. So those are the things. Well, maybe I could just mention that the teachers are definitely the key wherever you go. And all the Finnish teachers, when you're in primary level, already you need to have a master's degree in education. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what you're describing is so incredibly different from what we have here in the U.S. Um, you know, you talk about uh, schools being equal all across the U.S all across Finland, whereas in the U.S., we definitely uh, have schools that are sought out because they are thought to provide a better education. Um, And then standardized testing is a huge part of uh, the American uh, school experience. So thank you for kind of talking about those differences. 
Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. So uh, I would, what Ashley said in terms of there's just so much different um, comparing the U.S. education system with the Finland. Um, personally, I, I had moved to the U.S. to start my high school. And I remember that when we had just moved here, my parents had to do so much research. And we actually spent like a good week going to a bunch of different high schools to figure out which one would be quote unquote good that I could enroll in. So um, your point about um, not needing to do, um, yeah, school shopping and um, yeah, having all schools be be the same in terms of what they provide to the students and the families. That just sounds like utopia. (laughs) Um, But I know that coming to this point, maybe in in the Finland education system, it's been a journey, right? Um, So can you tell us a little bit more about how has education and teaching along with that, how has that evolved throughout the time in Finland, kind of looking at the history? So Finland was really, really poor country in the 17th and that's another argument that I often hear that Finnish education is only good because you have the money for it uh, which is uh, quite the opposite. Finland is one of the most cost-effective systems out there and this has got a lot to do about not having tests also because like in the UK or US it's a billion business industry so I always say that what if all that money was invested in, in in actual teaching and supporting learning? What difference that would it make? But uh, to go back to your question was that um, the, the biggest changes were done already in the 70s when we were poor. And we have a lot to thank you for the politicians then, that even if we were really tight with money, they decided that let's invest in the only natural renewable resource what we have, which is the brain power of the kids. They started to really invest on giving all the all the kids um, to provide their opportunities and change the so that the teachers would be invested. Not just that they are really highly trained, but that teachers want to stay in their in their job. I think teaching has always been um, quite a respectable job in Finland too, and it still is. Even if the salary isn't the the greatest, it's only about OECD average. But uh, teachers can still hold their head high and say that I'm a teacher. I find it really saddening when I hear a teacher who, when you ask what they do in their life and and they they say that uh, i'm i'm just a teacher like you should be proud of yourself but uh, if that is the the status that the and the value and the respect what the society gives you because you ch- you have chosen your profession to be a teacher then you only do that job until you find a better one isn't it so the history of the teaching was created already then and even if there's been uh, recent years few cuts after nokia was making so many mobile phones anymore we had to do cuts in uh, in education and elsewhere our teachers are still holding very very good good learning outcomes our special needs education system was also very, 
very good, but there's been quite many um, changes in their recent years and uh, not all the teachers are happy with it, but all in all, it's still uh, holding quite quite good together. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, so I think you already kind of touched on this a little bit, but is there just anything else that you'd like to add about um, the role of teachers and how they're regarded and recognized uh, in Finnish society today, and maybe how that differs from how they're regarded or recognized in the U.S.? The role of the teacher is still... Uh really highly valued in Finland. Like I mentioned earlier, the salary isn't, um, is only only OECD average, so it's not like you get a lot of money to do that job, but then you got all the other perks to go with it. And uh, I mean, most of the teachers, they do it, they do it because they, they want to teach. It's also rewarding, rewarding to work with, with children but also that you you have that respect when you mention it, mention it that you're a teacher. And in fact, I remember reading about the research that uh, especially Finnish women, they are, they are male teachers too, but mainly teachers are women for some reason, especially in primary, but uh, especially female teachers, they are very um, wanted marriage candidates for some reason all in all you you can hold your head high and say that you are a teacher and I mean you are also trusted trustee professional because you have a master's in education and um, and you are given a lot of autonomy too that there is a curriculum that you need to follow but it's a very broad curriculum so there isn't a manual that you have to follow but you you are given a lot of freedom to choose the tools and the methods how you teach so um, so a lot of teachers enjoy that too that then you can really use all your creative powers to make the most of it and and also to make it more enjoyable and fun for yourself you teach the ways that um you find effective and works with the kids in that classroom that year that you are working or in the whole school. So um, it's a bit more interesting and inspiring. And it also encourages you to innovate teaching and, um, and the support that you give to children who might be struggling with learning or those ones who are very um, advanced in learning too. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think um, one of it's really nice to hear that um, teachers get a lot of freedom in defining not just what the curriculum should be, but also how to go about teaching. And definitely, as you mentioned, it has very strong ties with helping um, multiple students in um, multiple stages of their learning. Hi, I'm Darren. And I'm Sarah. We are the producers of EduPod. If you are enjoying this episode, please support us by making a donation at acornlabs.org. All donations will be used for continuing to build this podcast series, and even a small donation will go a long way. While you're visiting us at our website, click the links to our socials for more updates on our future episodes and initiatives. Now back to the episode.
Um, I wanted to circle back to your organization, ALO Finland, and ask uh, what, what, in what ways does your program support teachers when you are um, when you are sharing the Finnish education um, methods to other teachers in other countries or in other areas? Can you tell us, yeah, a little bit more about what does your program do regarding supporting teachers? When I started doing the, those courses, well, firstly, I wanted to solve the problem that I wanted to give every teacher an, an opportunity to have a quick peek into schools and classrooms in Finland. Obli- obviously, it's not quite the same as you see if you go into a school and do it live in person, but not everyone can afford that. And I also found it... Um, found it a bit frustrating that mostly who come to visit the Finnish schools are the principals or policy makers and not actual teachers. And they are the ones who make the magic happen in, in learning in the end. It doesn't matter how great curriculum you have if the implementation part of it fails and that the implementation happens in classrooms, in actual one-to-one one lessons face to face lessons so um, so that was the second thing that i i wanted to solve was because everyone wherever you go in the world everyone is talking about 21st century competencies and they have and, and quite often they are they are linked that they might be named differently in the us or india but they are fairly similar. I mean, creativity, critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, those are all all in, in most countries. But again, when you ask how, how do you put that into practice, then, then there are a lot of question marks in the air. So, um, so these are the... These are the problems that I wanted to try to solve, that I um, I give a little bit of theory that what is the Finnish nat- national curriculum and what is it aiming for and what are the 21st century competencies we emphasize in, in Finland. But more so, it's to show how can you do that. Simple things that can be easily replicated without money or 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 big tools to buy. I um, notice that more I do this and more teachers I meet and talk with all over the world, it's a great uh, learning learning for me also that that more I um, more I'm convinced that the that the teachers should be supported more so that they can really truly do their do their job job really well and I always talk also that that teachers should never be left alone to solve any society's problems that there there needs to be social policies hand in hand to go with the educational policies that teachers need all the support they get to look after those kids in their classrooms. I don't think I could agree with you more I I just really want to emphasize that point that you made that you know, having policymakers and and administrators in the classrooms understanding what's happening is great, but teachers really are the people who make the magic happen. Um, I, I just, I loved that that point that you made. Great, thanks. Um, and, you know, 
all of us here at Acorn, we we value teachers and, and we want to do a better job of it any way that we can. Um, reflecting on your experiences as a teacher and running ALO Finland, uh, what would you consider to be one of the most important elements of valuing teachers? One of the most important elements of valuing teachers. I mean, uh, it never hurt, hurts to hear good feedback as a teacher. I mean, it is really heartwarming. I'm teaching again and uh, and I love the feedback I get from the parents and I can really see that the kids are changing. Of course, that really matters. But in a bigger scale, don't leave teachers alone to do their to do their job. I mean, when I talk to teachers everywhere, they they work massive hours and they really run an extra mile to save a child. So give them everything, all the tools possible and and the resources to help them. And and especially especially um, well trained uh, special needs teachers too, because uh, it's not only good for the or benefit for the child who might might be autistic or full on ADHD, but it's for the benefit for the whole classroom that um, all these issues can be sorted out ASAP before uh, negative snowball effects starts to grow. So, so value teachers those way, and also respect, getting that... um, that respect, and I also heard that in in the U.S. I don't know if it's in every state and in every school that the salary really isn't that good. That some teachers end up doing two to three other jobs just to support their own family. I mean, how can you expect anyone to stay in teaching for the well any longer than until they find a better paid job? or even until the retirement age, if they can't support their own uh, own family. And also politicians, that if there is uh, an area, for instance, with many um, marginalization issues that really support the families, families so that when they come to school, that they are fed and slept and uh, and the rest of it, so, as I mentioned earlier, that the educational policies always need to go hand in hand with the social policies. And, and this is what I mean, that that if you have a kind of a homeless family or, or family of 10 people living in a single flat, not barely having money for the food, it's difficult for that child to learn, isn't it? So, if they got proper housing and and some employment and some light at the end of the tunnel, it's uh, it's so much easier to make the difference happen in schools also. No, I, I think that that is such an important thing to remember is that, you know, teachers are just that. They're teachers and they're in the classroom, but they are helping and working with students who have so many other things going on in their life and having policies to make sure that kids are fed and healthy and happy before they enter the classroom is just so important. Um, So thank you for sharing that. 
Um, and we have one more question that we like to ask all of our guests um, this season. And that is, um, what is your vision for the future of teacher appreciation? I'm hoping that COVID-19 has got a silver lining. I, I often feel that a, a crisis can create something good, or I, I wish that at least. And uh, since a lot of uh, families have to do remote schooling and the school as an institution was removed because of an invisible virus for a while, I really hope that most of the people didn't didn't only see that um, what difference does it make in their personal lives and the lives of the children that they can't go to school and also how difficult it is to teach without that face-to-face connection and maybe uh, parents having to try to homeschool as well as doing that that remote learning. And and also that uh, how important role they have in a society so that everyone can go to work because kids go to school and they, they are really well looked after there. They are not just taught, but they are also looked after. So um, so my future vision, vision is, even if I doubt it that the test will go away completely, I'd love to get rid of at least some of them. That will create a lot less stress for the teachers and also all that money that is saved from the test preparation and planning and testing and, and checking the test results could be actually invested where it matters more, which are the teachers and the learners. And that could also mean that then there should be a little bit less competition between schools and more collaboration between schools and teachers because you don't have to worry about uh, your school doing better or worse than the school next door. So that would reduce a lot of stress between teachers also. And um, I'm an idealist. I like to have a bit more global collaboration too. So it would be the first step. Thank you for sharing that. I wish I could go back in time and uh, have standardized standardized testing removed before I went through our education system. It must have been stressful. It, it definitely was. You know, um, and Ankita and I, we both attended Berkeley and they recently got rid of um, the need to have an SAT test uh, as part of your application. And, you know, we were both just so excited about that. Um, wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, so hopefully we're we're getting one step closer to getting rid of those standardized tests across the U.S. <laughs> well, Priyo, thank you for joining us today. Um, it's been a wonderful conversation, and it was um, amazing to hear about your work. And I hope our listeners are just as inspired by you and your organization as we are. Um, for listeners who want to get in touch with her, please check out alofinland.com. Um, and you can um, reach out to her over there. And I'm sure she'll be more than happy to build a global community of, of educators working towards improving education everywhere. Um, thank you again for joining us. It's, it, it was a great conversation. Thank you. It's always inspiring to learn, uh, learn more with 
with um, other people all over the world. And can I just add that I'm very active on LinkedIn and I truly am happy to uh, learn from uh, education and educators all over the world. So please find me on LinkedIn on, by my name and I'm happy to connect. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'd love to hear from you. So please visit us at acornlabs.org to provide your feedback, recommend future topics, and nominate teachers or educators to be featured on this series. See you next time.